Hi loves, welcome back to Strip Down. So excited for today's guest. She is like such a badass in everything she is doing and she's known as F like a goddess. Um, and she has just this amazing book, like I said, that's called F like a goddess. And it's about, you know, herself and radical awakenings. She's a spiritual teacher, a creator. She's truly a prominent voice in transformational healing and the divine feminine. She's emerged stronger and wiser from her own experiences. And I just wanted to have her on today because I read her digital book. I love everything about her and what she's doing with like empowerment and transformation and mindfulness. And she's been featured like in New York Times, Nylon, Vogue, like she has such an innovative approach to healing and wellness, which you all know I am so all about. And I love that she's got this like, you know, whole modern spiritual leader about her, about that wellness, that goodness, all of that. She helps with transformation of healing and a roadmap for the modern woman, which I think so many of us need, which especially like right now. And I just love that she really just has such a different voice in that space. So welcome my special guest, Alexandra Roxo to Strip Down. How are you? Hi, thank you for that lovely intro. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, you've got so many amazing things. Like, you know, I hate reading like, you know, a long, long bio because I'm always like, feel like I'm like, you know, reading this like newspaper for most people. But I'm like, you have such just amazing, you know, accomplishments and accolades and everything you've done. It's hard to skip around when you're introducing you. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. And I just want to honor that you know, we both are redheads. And I think there's something very magical about a modern woman who rocks the red hair. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. And I mean, I don't know about you. I was, I was born with red auburn hair and um, I've always, I mean, like I've, you know, of course highlighted and whatever and played around, but I've always had my red roots and my mom has it and my grandmother who passed away had it and you know, I mean, I have a lot of uh, redheads in my family and we always joke that we're, you know, going extinct because there's only so many of us. And uh, yeah, I love that you brought attention to the red hair. <laughs> yeah, my grandma was also a redhead, like super kind of classic beauty and always had red nails and red lips and um, that kind of 1950s woman from oh, Virginia. Yeah. I love it. And then my mother also has red hair and we're more Auburn, but we, you know, we like to I like was born more like bright red and then as I got older and like you know hormones I got deeper darker red auburn and then I kind of got more red again and I kind of fluctuate obviously now and then you know it's funny like of course when you mess with it and do like highlighting or whatever you'll see you know a little bit more red but it's it's always been red so I love that you also have that and your you know your mom and your grandma too same with us like we always you know we're known as the three reds um and I'm still holding out hope that one of my daughters will go red <laughs> oh yes oh good yeah yeah well you know the the red-headed woman across history was like always um always stood out and in medieval times apparently like they would kill red-headed women they thought they were the devil wow. <laughs> so there is something about like having red hair that i think it's like a claiming already of like something that's a little bit more fiery or more sexy and not that it compares against other hair colors but across history it has held weight to be a red-headed woman <laughs> I love it that's I, do, I love it well and i and i do know like like i said like we're technically quote unquote going extinct because there's like not enough of us 
like actually like mating with redheads. So like we're not like recreating them. So that's pretty uh, pretty interesting. I've I've read that before. It's like actually you know that like actually consider it going extinct. So that's so wow. interesting. I know, right? But yeah, I guess what you're doing with like you know being a spiritual teacher and the creative mm. awakenings. I really truly loved you know, your digital copy of your book that's coming out that you sent me. Thank you so much for letting me get to, mm. you know, indulge in that and take so much away yeah. from that, especially during, you know, um, this time. And I just am so excited for you to share, you know, with my listeners. I want you to first kind of take us back because you have such an interesting story. Tell us a little bit about, you know, you and how you got to this space and everything, um, you know, and then we'll kind of get into, I want to ask you questions about, of course, mindfulness and the, the transformational healing and all of that. And really being conscious of that, especially during these times, because I think that there's just so much beauty in that and sharing that uh, with my audience because of what, of course, we're all feeling right now. Mm, yes, absolutely. It's, it's a time where I think we're all facing some of the stuff that cooks inside of our hearts and our bodies and our minds. Um, we have so much more space and time than usual. We're way less busy because we're not going to the gym and we're not going to the vacations. And so we're really sitting with like what's happening inside. And, um, you know, for me, what brought me on to a spiritual path or a path of, um, becoming more aware, becoming more awake was really like, I grew up in Georgia in the Bible belt. So I'm a Georgia girl. And, um, I always was, I felt weird at church because I felt like as a woman, I wasn't accepted as myself. Like I wasn't allowed to be expressed and to love my body and to be sensual. Like the sort of languaging that I got early on as a woman was just like, there are no women in the Bible. And um, if you're a kind of like sensual woman, then there's something wrong with you. <laughs> and, um, and so from a young age, I kind of had this notion that there was something deeper and that that wasn't truth. I didn't feel like it was true. Like I didn't feel like it was, it was true that, you know, God was just like kind of like big man in the clouds with a gray beard. And that, you know, if you're a woman who likes to dance and to make love and kiss, that there's something wrong with you. And um, I was just like, I don't believe that. So I sort of set off on this life path to understand what it is to be a woman and to sort of let go of some of these beliefs about like, you're only lovable if you're thin. Um, you know, if you if you have a lot to say, then you're too much. Or, um, you know, that that God and that our relationship to spirit has to be through this like man in the clouds. Like all of that stuff, I sort of set out to uh, debunk and to because I didn't feel like it was real. Like I didn't think it was. I didn't feel like it was truth. I didn't feel like oh, I'm only lovable if I'm skinny, you know, like, or, oh, I, I have to act a certain way in order to, um, to be a spiritual, mindful woman. Like, I have to be quiet and I have to be good, you know, like, I just didn't feel like all that stuff was real. Like, I felt like there's a space where as humans and as women, we could celebrate our bodies and like love ourselves and not be obsessive about food and exercise. And so, 
my life has been really about healing and exploring those things within myself, my relationship to my body, to being expressed, speaking up, sharing in the world, to uh, being a sensual woman, to enjoying sex and sexuality in a healthy way, and doing all the healing around that, you know, because as women, a lot of us still hold uh, pain, shame, and guilt around our sexuality or around our bodies, you know, and so what I have done with like, I coach women and I help them so that they can let go of those old beliefs around like their body or their voice or their sexuality or their, their divinity. And they can claim themselves as like beautiful, gorgeous, divine beings as they are like no need for fixing, no need for dieting, no need for hiding your gorgeous desire for lovemaking, but letting that be present and mindful and sacred also as well. So I mean, my path has really been about that. And I've explored that in many different ways over my life. Like I've made films, documentaries, web series, and now I wrote a book. So right. <laughs> it just keeps building. Yeah. And the book, like I said, is, you know, talk like a goddess and it's all about healing yourself, reclaiming that voice, standing in your power and just essentially being you. Yeah. Yeah. Which is every woman, you know, every woman has the potential to, you know, reclaim your voice, which is essentially ask yourself, like, what do I want to, how do I want to give my gifts in the world before I die? Like, what does that look like? What would feel incredible? Like, where's my desire leading me towards? Um, and that's power to follow the desire that says, like, make the podcast or, you know, start the the mom's group or whatever it is. It doesn't matter. It's not about, you know, something being more important than something else, but it's just about listening and listening to that voice within, which as women is so important. Like there, um, you know, we've been told not to listen to the voice of the body when the body says stop and rest or the cramps come, you know, often we'll like stuff an Advil and keep going. And so there's a deep returning to ourselves and beginning to listen to whatever is happening within us. And that is feminine wisdom. And that's the wisdom of our grandmamas. And it's been passed down throughout time, but we don't really hear it if we're like super busy and if we're not listening and paying attention to what's happening under the surface. So it's such a deep, deep pleasure for me to guide women back into their, their feminine wisdom and in their bodies. And it's like, it's something that can't really happen in a traditional therapy setting so much where you're just talking. Uh, there's a space where the work I do with women is beyond just talking. It's in, in the body and it's with the spirit and you kind of, you can feel something begin to move inside of a woman when she connects with her soul and her heart and her deep, deep being and goes underneath all of the layers of kind of what society has told her to do or how to be. And then she starts becoming this beautiful, flourishing being, radiant and luminous because it's coming from deep within, which sounds like a cliche, of course, like the, you know, beauty comes from within. But the truth is, is that it does. And when we claim our power and when we love ourselves and when we come to that wholeness, that healing of parts, the light does begin to, to radiate outwards. Yes. And I love that because like you said, like, it sounds like a cliche, of like, oh my gosh, beauty within. We're, t we're told this when we're young, right? When we're really mm -hmm. little, we teach this. Mm -hmm. I'm now teaching this, you know, to my, you know, my girls. It's like, 
but it's like you forget that along the way, right? And you forget and society tells you you have to stay within a certain box and be conditioned and programmed a certain way. Mm-hmm. It's really brainwashed by editorial, magazines, television, mm-hmm. all these different things that tell you you're not enough, you're not this, you're not yeah. And I love that you're breaking that stigma and you're like, no, you are enough. You're more than enough. Mm-hmm. You have your voice, you know, you have you and you need to take that back. And I love that you take it to a spiritual place as far as like connecting with your spirit and connecting with your soul. Because I think mm-hmm. that, you know, I don't, I don't think I realized that until I did the work myself with going through postpartum depression and, you know, my own uh, demons. And I Mm. think that when I finally, you know, worked through all that and I really connected with spirit and really connected with myself and my soul, it's really where I found the healing and not just the healing, but like you said, the voice, the empowerment, Mm. you know, all of a sudden it was like, not only was I healing myself, but I was giving myself permission to then share with others and, you know, be open to others about that and share my story and not feel, you know, disgraceful for it or feel ashamed, but feel empowered by it Mm -hmm. and know know that that, you know, asking for help is a sign of strength and not weakness and knowing that doing the work is, you know, also strength and beautiful. And I think, again, so many of us feel like, oh, you know, just pack it away. Oh, you know, just put it to the side. Oh, like you said, power through, you have a cramp, take a medicine, you know, whatever it may be. But that's not really naturally how we're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And by doing that, we, we miss out on some of the juice that comes, like the power from sitting in the uncomfortable places sometimes and like learning from whatever's there. And that to me, there's just so much beauty in us having the courage right? To like, whatever you went through with the postpartum depression, like, I'm sure you learned some major things and it actually created you into this next being that you are. And so you can show up to the world uh, in a bigger, more powerful way because you went through something like that's transformation. And that's how we, that's how we evolve. If you don't have any like heat to an experience, then you're not going to really evolve. You know, like, again, it's a very cliche, but like a diamond is born from heat and pressure. And when we talk about doing transformational work or healing or spiritual work, it's essentially that like, it's going to take a little heat and pressure for the next level of your greatness to likely be born. Um, and people are so terrified of getting uncomfortable. So I'm curious how, I, can I ask you a question? Sure, <laughs> I'm curious how you got through the, that postpartum, de- postpartum depression. Yeah, well, and I love that, you know, you said about the, the discomfort and being uncomfortable because I always tell people you have to kind of sit in your shit and work through it. Mm-hmm. It's something I was definitely not willing to do for a long time. I was not really aware that I wasn't willing to do it. You know, my grandmother who, you know, who we just talked about, you know, our grandmothers and redheads, my grandmother Mm -hmm. passed away, um, you know, almost uh, eight or so years ago now. And that's who my first daughter, Amelia, is named after. Mm. And um, she was my very best friend, you know, growing up. I went to her for everything. She guided me in fashion, you know, in school and my passion. She really ignited everything uh, you know, within me, she was my best friend. I talked to her about everything. If I was in trouble, I went to her, you know, as she grew up, you know, with me, taking care of me, you know, across the street from me and come over and see me as a baby. So we had a very, very connected, you know, I really believe our souls were kind of intertwined. Um, mm. So, you know, it's like, you know, when they say soulmates, I, you know, of course I love my husband, but I think about my grandmother, you know, 
Um, I think like she was my true, true soulmate in life. Um, Mm -hmm. and so when I lost her, you know, my legs felt like they were cut from underneath me and I, you know, really became a very different person, a very dark person, a very negative person, which is not my, as you know, most people that know me and follow me, I'm a pretty positive person. Of course I have my moments, but I'm a pretty positive person. I like to spread, you know, light and love and be that, you know, place where you feel you can be positive. And I couldn't get to that place, you know, after she was gone, it took me a very long time to be able to, you know, get to that, to even get to a somewhat happy place. And Mm. so when I had my daughter, Amelia, I had a pretty traumatic birth with my C-section. I wanted a natural birth Mm. and things just didn't go the way, you know, I wanted, I saw them going, you know, I was in control in my mind, but I didn't realize my body and everything else. It was a different story. And so she chose, you know, something different. And so I had a, you know, unexpected C-section after many hours of a natural birth, um, trying to progress. And then I ended up having the postpartum depression shortly after. And so, you know, I at first, of course, didn't recognize it, didn't want to deal with it. We kept tucking it away. Like you said, you push it to the mm-hmm. side. Oh, it's just baby blues. Oh, it's just this. Oh, it's just that. And then it kept manifesting, keeping worse and worse. My husband was the first one to kind of say to me, you know, mm, something that's not right. Like, you know, something's going on. He's really good about communicating with me. And, mm. you know, he's such a good partner. And, uh, you know, he really kind of brought it to light for me when I realized I was really hating my body, shaming myself, hating what I looked like, you yeah. know, saying horrible things to myself. You don't even let your friends say to you, you know what I mean? Like oh, wow. terrible, terrible things. I realized that I was spiraling, you know, kind of out of control with all of that. And so I ended up, you know, thank God I had a postpartum support team that I was able to go to for therapy. I did a lot of therapy. I mm-hmm. did a lot of visualization, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of work. Wow. Um, meditation also was a huge part of the work for me that really, really, I truly believe saved me and helped me. And now I meditate almost daily because like I need it, like I crave it. Yeah. And so it was, I think all of that together, you know, really helped me to evolve and go forward. And, you know, once I felt like I could get out of this dark tunnel and find the light at the end, I was able to see, wow, okay, now I'm stronger. And like you said, I've evolved and I've learned more and it was really hard and it was very uncomfortable, but now I'm better for it. I'm better, I'm better to myself. I'm better to my husband. I'm better to my, you know, my daughter, now daughters, you know, I'm better to my family and friends. You know, I'm just better all around. And I didn't Mm. realize how much I was shutting out. I didn't realize how much I wasn't putting in to people and how much I was shut off, you know, because to me, Mm -hmm. I was doing the best I could do, you know, Mm. but but that's not, that's not living. You know what I mean? That's just, that's just moving forward. And Mm. I feel like, you know, I'm living again, I'm enjoying. And, you know, like you said, you're getting the zest out of life and the zest out of myself and encouraging myself and empowering myself. But it definitely took, you know, sitting in and discussing so much about my grandmother, you know, that I called Dodo that I didn't want to discuss and so much of that loss and that grief that I never handled and all these things that I pushed aside that I didn't want to deal with. and I didn't want to come to terms with because I didn't want to sit in it. And once mm-hmm. I sat in it and allowed myself to go through it as uncomfortable as it was, I really did come out so much better for it. And now I feel that I really am evolving. I'm still evolving, but I feel I'm very aware of it. And I'm very mindful of the things that I notice and the things that, you know, may still trigger me or the things that make me happy or whatever it may be. I'm just very aware of what all of that is. And I don't think I would have been in this space if I hadn't have gone through, you know, what I went through, like you said, it was transformational. It was 
life-changing. It was mind-altering, you know, and then I really believe the meditation, especially on top of all that, really changed. I mean, I've heard from so many people, evidence-based research, that meditation mm-hmm. actually changes things inside yeah. your brain. And I believe it because I, I feel it, you know, I just, mm-hmm. my reactions to things are different. My, you know, my emotions with things are different. Like just everything. Mm. And it's like, as much as it was so hard to go through and it was, and it's not something I would wish upon anyone, it was very transformational. And it obviously was part of my journey that I needed to experience in order to get, like you said, to the next part of me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Wow. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. You know, it sounds like you did a lot of deep work on yourself. And, you know, it's funny to use the word work because this is just living, right? It's like showing up to life. It's like, okay, how am I going to show up to myself today? Well, I'm going to take good care of myself. I'm going to speak to myself lovingly. I'm going to hire someone to help me work through some uncomfortable emotions or whatever. And, you know, it's funny we say work, but it is really a, a gift, a blessing, because it means we're expanding. Right. We're becoming exactly. bigger and bolder and wider in the world as women. And that is so powerful. Um, and our hearts kind of get deeper in that process because they get touched and they get carved out because of the pain. So to me, that's how the world needs us. Like the world needs us open and soft and Uh, our hearts like really alive, like compassion and empathy, love uh, need to be at the forefront of how, you know, we show up to this world right now, especially with everything happening politically and in general, the amount of people out of jobs and all of that. It's like, if we're not able to see beyond our kind of own bullshit, if you will, (laughs) um, which is beautiful bullshit at times, (laughs) don't get me wrong. But if we aren't able to see beyond it, then it's like, how can we really show up to uh, anyone else without kind of these foggy glasses where we're just seeing our own experience. So it really does take that sitting in that either, you know, the meditation, the self-reflection, the contemplation, uh, whatever it is that gets you to the other side. It, it's really powerful. So yeah, congratulations. Well, thank you. Well, great. It is work, right? Like it's like, yeah, you have to look at it and say like, I'm willing to do, you know, the work on myself. I'm willing to see my blind spots. I'm willing to, you know, work on things. I'm willing to be vulnerable. That was my biggest thing. I wasn't willing to be vulnerable, you know, really allowing. And it's so funny because now my platform has gone from being like so superficial to so raw. Like Mm, so, so funny because so many people say to me like, wow, you're so raw. You're so real. It's so therapeutic or it's so amazing. It's this, it's that. And I'm like, thank you. But like, I wasn't there. Like if you, you know, if you had followed me, like which my, a lot of my followers have followed me from the beginning, they know it was all, you know, glitz and glam, you know, red carpet, Hollywood, obviously part of my job, but I didn't let anyone see anything other than that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And now you're seeing, you know, real and raw of motherhood and my post depression journey and, you know, going through my traumatic birth and, you mm-hmm. know, all these things that like, I wasn't willing to share, let alone even discuss like with myself to deal with. Mm-hmm. And it's wild how now it's like, now I feel like I can't not share. Like when I get on Instagram to post, I like end up writing a novel and I don't even mean to, but like, it's just there. It just flows. Right. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, here it comes, you know? And right. I laugh at myself and I'm like, wow, but this is because like you said, you peel back the onion, you keep going through the layers 
and you do the work. And I realize that the more I do that and the more I also share that I have such an amazing community to share with, the more I continue to do the work on myself and the more I further evolve. And I just love that you are such an advocate of that, you know, just as a woman all encompassed because like you said, so many women feel stifled. So many women feel like they can't discuss these things. They can't have these conversations. You know, they feel ashamed, all these different things with their bodies, their minds, their moms. I mean, you know, partnerships, I mean, everything. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and it's so interesting because it's like, when you really think about it, it's like, but who told you that? Like, exactly. You know, yes. and it's, it's almost like in a way we told ourselves those lies, mm. like, you know, like that's how I felt. Like, I was like, I was like, who told me like this? Like, you know, like who, like, I, I don't understand, you know, like, mm. you know, it's just, it's crazy when I think about like what I used to say to myself of like, oh, I, but I need to be doing this and this and this because of my baby and I need to be making this happen and, you know, blah, 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 you know? And it's like, no, you like, no, you don't. Who said after you have a baby four weeks later, you have to be, you know, like, you know, up and out and ready to go and, you know, go look perfect and go on that stroll and do this. But that was the pressure I put on myself, you know, yeah. comparing myself to the other people online that were doing that, you know, or, you know, feeling like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I, I must bounce back and I must lose, you know, that, that, that baby weight and I must get back to this. And it's like, but who told you that that must happen? Like, you know, just all right. the things that like, you know, pertain to us that, you know, we tell these stories in a sense, we tell these lies, these narratives yeah. Themselves, yeah. that I have to continuously break those narratives in my mind. Like I was even dealing with that, even in my second pregnancy with my second daughter, Arlie, like I, you know, I, I knew I really wanted to go for a VBAC, which is a vaginal birth after a C-section. And I mm. had doing the work, you know, physically with my chiropractor, I've been doing things mentally and spiritually with my doula and my meditation and everything. Mm. I found a doctor who supported it medically. Like I found the whole team. Beautiful. And I was like, this is what I'm doing. Da, da, da. And I had to really kind of have like a come to, you know, spirit come to God, you know, whatever you want to say moment at the end of my, you know, journey of being pregnant because my daughter was not coming. She was, you know, quote unquote late. And we were starting to talk about other kinds of interventions and that because things just weren't happening. And one of my really good friends um, who is a energy healer and a very good, you know, a spiritual medium and everything, he said to me, um, he goes, you know, it's really you. He goes, it's you're holding, this baby's been ready. There's something inside of you. It's you, you have to trust and let go. You have to stop telling yourself these narratives. And as soon as he kind of shared that with me, I went on a walk with my husband, Justin, and our daughter, Amelia. And he said to me, you know, like, why are you in your head? Like, what's going on? And I was like, I don't know. I was like, I, I don't feel like I'm in my head, but I guess I am. I'm blocking things, you know? And he goes, well, you know, he, of course, takes it back to sports. So he's like, oh, let's talk. <laughs> now let's talk golf. You know, when I, you know, he's a really good, he's a really good golfer. And he's like, let's talk golf. He's like, when I get in my head, I think, okay, what's the worst thing that can happen? How is this going to play out? What's this going to be? And he goes, so for you, babe, like, what's it going to be? And I said, well, it could be another C-section. He goes, so that's, that's, that's the end. And that's where you're afraid to go. If that's where things wind up. And I mm -hmm. said, yeah. And he goes, so that's your block. And I said, Oh, I mean, I, you know, I, I guess so. And he goes, so what's the worst thing? So you have a C another C-section. Yeah. I know you're not gonna be happy, but you have another C-section. You're still a mom. We still have our second baby girl and we move into our new family of four. And I said, no, you're right. And he goes, so 
you know, and you know what to expect at least. And he goes, and I know it's not what you want. It's not what I want for you either. But like, just know like that, that's where it is. And as soon as he said that to me, I felt this like release inside of my body. And then mm. you know, sure enough, later that night I wrote, you know, I, I do a lot of, you know, like I said, meditation, journaling, I started writing things down. Like what am I fearful of? then writing those fears and then burning them up, like letting them, you know, burn like in a dish, you know, and then just like writing more down all the things. And that night at 2am, I went into labor. And Beautiful. And labor and I got my V back and I had my vaginal birth. And it was wild to me when I saw how much our mind truly controls so much of, you know, our body and our emotions and everything we do. It's like, oh my God, it's so true. We, we tell these narratives and these pictures and all these things. And we are like in that, like, you know, withholding, or like you said, not allowing yourself to radiate, you know, that juice and all these things. And it's like, holy mm. crap. I think that was like my come to moment that it was like, oh my gosh. And then again, when I was pushing Arlie out and I was having some trouble and we were getting close to potentially, you know, discussing other interventions again. And my doctor said, okay, we're going to try the vacuum. And if that doesn't work, or mm. section. And in that moment, of course, I went into, you know, like fight or flight. And I looked at him and I looked at my husband and Justin's like, you can do this. And I put my, you know, uh, air, you know, earbud in my ear, you know, um, for my iPhone to listen to meditation and listen to a fear releasing. And mm. the minute I listened, I swear, Alexandra, I pushed and she was out. Wow. Mm -hmm. So wow. that was like, uh, to me, that felt like that was my next level of work I had to do. Hmm. Mm. You know? Wow, how profound <laughs> and how fast. I mean, the, the, the gorgeous thing is it's so fast often when we make the internal shift, like when we really change the inside belief that the outside like mirrors it really quickly, you know, um, it's just, it's just how it is. It's like that, you know, there's this beautiful old axiom called as above, so below. And I think it was on a temple in Greece. And it's true when our mindset shifts or when our heart shifts or when our state of mind being shifts, then the outside will, will mirror it, you know? So whether you do a ritual, whether you do a meditation, whether you do breath work or dancing, but if you, if you create an internal change, it will be reflected in your life. You know, sometimes it's not instant. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish it was instant. Yeah, <laughs> it takes a little time sometimes, but sometimes yeah. it is instant, you know, right. and it's, it sounds like that you had that experience. So that's so beautiful. Wow. Such a powerful story. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, and I want to like from that, I want to ask you like to share with my audience, you know, you talk so much about being, you know, mindful and that conscious mindfulness. What would be some things you would share that you think would help others to allow them to be mindful? Mm. Well, so to be honest, I love the word heartful or something pertaining to the heart over simply the mind. Heartful. Okay. And um, the, the female body and not that, you know, anybody can take this, this information. So if you don't, you're not in a female body, it's all good. But specifically as women, like we have this connection from our womb to our heart and uh, 
to put our attention on that connection instead of on the mind is more interesting for me. <laughs> I feel like we live in a really mind culture. Like we're thinking, thinking, thinking. And I really encourage women to feel more and not to like let your feelings run your life. So you're kind of like a wild animal or something like that, but to get in touch with the subtlety and the sensitivity in your body and to feel. So to me, that is more interesting than just saying, okay, mindful means, okay, I'm going to be present, right? I'm going to walk through my life. And if I'm driving, I'm going to actually be driving. I'm not going to be looking at my phone while also like talking on the phone while also like, you know, changing the music. Like that's actually kind of the opposite in a sense where when, when we're multitasking or we're not really present where we are, we're thinking about something else. We're not mindful. That's when you like stub your toe, right? You're right. like, oh, I'm not, I wasn't really paying attention because I'm thinking about like what I have to do tomorrow or I'm worried about my friend who is sick. And so I'm not mindful. And so I'm not present in my body right now. And so I just got in an accident or I just stubbed my toe or I forgot my keys in the, in the door or whatever it is. Um, so you can kind of look at mindfulness on that simplistic way. Uh, if I'm present in my body and fully present, then I'm not going to leave my keys in the door. And I'm not going to trip over that shoe on the floor because I'm fully present. And so, and so the basic mindfulness is like, how do you stay super present? So you could apply that, you know, and I'm not a mindfulness expert by any way, shape or form, but you could apply, um, could apply that to let's say a relationship or intimacy and how you treat the moment with such care, right? Maybe you're sitting at a dinner table with your partner and you just pick up your phone in the middle of when they're talking. That wouldn't be maybe a very mindful decision to make because you're taking your presence away from them. And now you've sort of degraded the moment between the two of you by being on your phone, right? So you're, you're, not, you're no longer in a state of mindful presence. So, but what I like to do is to add the heart because it's to me, I want to feel juicy in my body. I want to feel alive in my body. I want my heart to feel warm. I want to feel pleasure. And so for me, it's like, well, how can we actually go from, it's not like a, just a heady thing of like, oh, I got to think in this way. And it's like a feeling thing. What feels good? Like what feels alive in my heart and my body? And as women, many of us have been cut off from that. So we don't even know it. Sometimes I'll work with a woman. She has no idea what feels good in her body because she hasn't been living in her body. She hasn't been present in her body. So she, she's like numb, right? Like it's kind of like, oh, we've taken so much Advil for so many years and drank too many martinis. And now it's like, wait a minute. (laughs) Like, what about, wait, like, how does it actually feel? Like, how am I actually feeling? So to me, it's like, as women, is it coming home to our, the truth of our bodies and pleasure and what feels like love and what feels good and where does our, you know, our womb feel like rich and full and alive and where does our heart feel rich and full and alive and to me letting my my desire and like the warmth in my body be what leads me towards a person or a class or a book is more interesting than just my mind because the mind is full of so many stories of how society has told me I should do or what I shouldn't do but in my body I can go ooh, that feels like a yes so I often help you know women Feel. What does a yes feel like for you? And what does a no feel like for you in your body, not in your head? Um, and as you do that, you get to walk through life and you can feel 
what is right for you specifically, like what decisions or what outfit you wear. So I'm not like thinking about, oh, I'm going to wear, I'm going to wear red today because I think it would make me feel powerful. I'm going to feel, I'm going to go, hmm, what do I feel like? Well, I feel like wearing this dress because that feels really good today. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yes. And especially, you know, my background, you know, celebrity styling and fashion expert. I love that you say that because when I was styling, you know, full time all the time, especially with celebrities and, you know, different public figures and all different, you know, high end people and profile and everything, I would say to them when they would try things on, they'd say, oh, I think I like it or, oh, this. I'd say to them, you know, I'm not that stylist who's just going to put you in something and, you know, just because it's fabulous, tell you to wear it. I want you to feel it. I want you mm-hmm. like, I feel this. I, I always say confidence is your best accessory. I want you to feel this. I want you to feel like, okay, I feel good in this. I feel great in this. I'm going to rock it, whether I'm going on a red carpet or I'm going to, you know, a specific meeting, whatever it might be. And so I love that you said that because I think so many times we don't realize it does relate to all those things in our life, right? Like it's not just sexual being, it's, it is everything inside of you. It's how that, you know, outfit feels on you. It's how, you know, that partner is with that communication with you. It's how you communicate with yourself. You know, it's, it's how you show up to the world and how you show mm-hmm. yourself, display yourself. And mm-hmm. I love, I just, just so, so just struck me. I just love that you said that because I just love that you, push for that and say that with clothing, because I think people don't realize how much clothing can add into this big picture. Oh my goodness. It's a way that our hearts can be expressed and our truth can be expressed. And it's like, we can do that through our words, our actions, like the look in our eye and especially through our clothes and for the feminine being for our bodies, like adorning ourselves beautifully and taking that time, like, so important. It's so fun. I think, I definitely think like some of the feminine arts get lost because we're so busy and it's like, wait a minute, I love taking baths and I love beautiful dresses and that's okay. (laughs) And, and actually like in my book, I talk about how as modern women, we're like, often if we run a business or have a lot, have children, have husband, like we're really busy all week and have so much going on. And, and then what is it, what does it look like to transition into like this gorgeous, juicy, flowing, delicious, radiant queen goddess, like for your man or for your partner, whoever, whatever gender they might be. And that it doesn't, it's a different vibe than being on the computer and the Google calendar and like the to-do list. And there's, it's so important for me. Like for me, the one way that I change from like business mode, from like getting shit done mode into radiant, sexy, beautiful woman mode is by changing my clothes. So I might be in, you know, Lululemon yoga pants, like pattering through my day, getting things done. But if I know I'm going to see my partner in the evening, I'm going to take a bath and I'm going to put on like a beautiful dress or kimono, not because I'm trying to be old fashioned, but because it feels good. And like, that's how, what I want to bring to that moment. And, you know, in my book, I talk about something like called surrender Saturdays, where on Saturdays, I... For, for like a year, I would take every Saturday and I would be like, okay, I'm going to go totally European, Italian woman. I'm going to eat well. I'm going to dress well. I'm going to like take care of my body. I'm going to go slow. I'm going to be off the computer. I'm going to be off social media and I'm going to feel pleasure and I'm going to feel just like so feminine and alive. And it really changed 
everything. I could feel like what a, something, a different, like a different way of being that my soul was like, yes, honey, <laughs> you need yes, this. I love that. Right. <laughs> you feel it, like you said, you could feel the yes, you could feel, but, but because you're in tune with that now. So you yeah. can feel the yes and you can feel that zest and know like, yes, I feel good in this or yes, I'm feeling myself. And it's like, it's good to be like, yes, I'm feeling myself. Like, I think sometimes we feel like, oh no, what is that too ego? And it's like, no, there's a fine line for sure. Mm. But like feeling yourself and really like appreciating yourself. That's something I've had to come to now as a new mama and being like, you know, kind to myself. Like even now, you know, I got my vaginal birth, you know, mm. I, I'm healing well. My body's, you know, starting to, you know, heal and my, you know, uterus shrinking all these things, but like, I'm still like, you know, like things are still, you know, taking time. And I had to remind myself today when I was looking in the mirror and be like, Allie, you're, you're five weeks since giving birth, like calm down, you know, like, you know, it's like, but I think we have to have those conversations with ourselves, whatever the situation may be to remind ourselves of our inner beauty and everything about ourselves and not just be like, oh, but it must be this. And so Mm -hmm. I love that also you said like, yes, of course you love the dress and all that, but for you, it's about the feeling and that comes in you. It's Mm -hmm. not about the material of, oh, this is fabulous. Yeah, it's great. This is fabulous. We we're all not going to deny we love fabulous things. Like let's be real. (laughs) Me especially, you know what I mean? But I love you said the feeling that in tune to your heart and being like, but I love how this feels for me, this is the right thing to be wearing because it feels good. And I love that you yeah. said Saturdays because I think that's so beautiful. And I've also been really playing with that word, especially again in my pregnancy and with my birth, kept telling myself like, I need to surrender. I need to surrender to this feeling. I need to surrender to this moment. I need to surrender mm. to fear. And I think so many times, you know, we're afraid to surrender, right? Like, yeah. you know what surrender means. And it essentially means giving up control, giving up what you, the one thing that you feel like, you know, what's going on and being like, but I'm going to let it go. And I'm just going to let things flow. And I love that you said, like you allow yourself to flow on that day and just kind of let things be, especially since we are all in for the most part, autopilot multitasking modes. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, it's just a gift to everyone around us too. It's like, it's feeling a woman who feels relaxed in her body. She's not like, you know, tugging at her phone and like, you know, tapping her foot and, um, but she's just feeling pleasure and alive, like music, dance, that to me, even when I think about my mom, like the times that I most appreciated her was when she, when she had music on in the home and candles lit and there was like an air of, um, magic in, in, in present, you know, and she she looked fabulous, and her hair was fabulous, and her outfit was fabulous, and there was this this sense of um, the feminine mystique, if you will, and we seem to have lost that at times. You know, we're so busy and we're so full with all the things we do that just slowing things down in itself is a radical act like literally not scheduling yeah, as much in your calendar. Thing, right? <laughs> like 
my the woman who works with me who I, I don't call my assistant because I hate that word but I I'll go through phases where I'm like don't don't schedule anything for me in the afternoons because I'm going to start taking the afternoons and just like relax and like take three hours and just dance or write or poetry or like take a walk with no end in sight. And that sounds super luxurious and I don't do it that much anymore. But there's times where I've forced myself to do that because I'm like, I'm becoming a hardened woman. Like I'm, I'm like, I'm not in my inspiration. I'm not in my beauty. And it's up to me to change that for the people around me. I want to be that inspiring, like, you know, bubbly, light-filled person, not like a busy person who's on my phone all the time. <laughs> right. right. But it's it's really hard. And I mean, I have a lot of clients that are moms and it's like, I had a client and she had like three kids, a husband finishing her PhD, like works in um, engineering, but she would still find 15 minutes at night to like take a bath, put on a silk kimono and dance you know, slowly with herself and like massage coconut oil into her body because she knew that if she didn't feed the the sensual, beautiful part of herself, that it wouldn't get fed. It would die. It would dry right. up, you right. know? So it's it's something that feels important. And I think that when we do that stuff, our, our menstrual cycles are more in tune. You know, we feel more pleasure. Food tastes better, all of that because we've kind of slowed down it could slow down like our, the way everything with our bodies, right? It's like, yeah, it, it just, it just slows everything down. And I think like you said, like we don't realize so many times that because we are in autopilot and because we are in multitasking mode that we are going, going, going. And then what that does to the rest of us, to our body, to everything that we're not actually, like you said, we're not actually experiencing, oh, this tastes good. Oh, this mm -hmm. is this, oh, this is that. We're just in autopilot and we're just, going, going, going with no mm -hmm. end sight. And I love that you said that you also, you know, take the time, obviously not so often because you are a very busy woman, but you allow yourself when you need to take hours off or you need to go for a walk. Because that's something I've had to also teach myself as well. Like mm -hmm. it's okay to, like I went on a walk today, you know, to the lake with my girls and my mother-in-law, you know, we're mm -hmm. with and everything. And my you know, sister-in-law and all these things. And back then I wouldn't have done it. I would have sat there and been like, no, I got to get this work done. I got to review this. I got to email. I got to, you know, and it's like, yeah, right. do I have those moments where I feel those jolts and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to get this done. But I have to remind yeah. myself, like, I will get it done. Like, yeah. I'm not really on a specific deadline right this moment. So like, it's okay to come back to, it's good for me to do this walk and feed my soul and allow myself this time. But I think, again, like you said, we as women have a very hard time allowing ourselves sometimes to be that conscious mindfulness, heartfulness for ourselves and yeah. experience that raw, sensual self. And mm -hmm. I love that, you know, like you're, you know, you're turning it into, it's not just about the sexuality, it's about everything. It's the spirituality, it's yourself as a goddess. It's literally and metaphorically everything in the essence of you. To mm. move yourself forward and evolve and I just think there's so much beauty in that yeah thank you so true yes 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 yeah that's yeah. it it's just, it's just it's so important and I think this quarantine time has probably made some space though it's not been easy obviously for many of us for many reasons be it job loss or 
someone passing close to you or just being at home, quarantined with someone um, that you love and having to sort of face all of the things that pop up. But there have been gifts in slowing down and asking us to reprioritize um, our values. And, and for you to even say, okay, I'm going to take 20 minutes and do this walk with my family and enjoy nature, that is a reprioritization of values away from this kind of capitalist hustle that we've all been indoctrinated into which is just like no let's answer the emails let's keep moving like we're 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 we have these businesses that are so important and I was like that in my late 20s and I was working in film and TV and I had my agents at CAA and I was pitching TV and, and I lost touch with like the part of myself that was this beautiful woman and my my period kind of like got really wonky and stopped for a while and like I was like going to soul cycle all the time and drinking way too many coffees and I was just like this is crazy like this is not the woman that I want to be you know yeah. um, and I think we have to we have to choose that we get to choose like what kind of woman do I want to be like what do I want to be remembered for by my family by my kids like do I want to be remembered for making magical moments with them and taking things slowly or being on my phone at dinner, you know, and it's just, it happens so quickly that it, that we're, we're not present. We're not mindful. We're not in our hearts and we're in the busy. And so I think nowadays, especially we have to really protect these gorgeous lives that we have because we don't know when they're going to end. You know, we've definitely all feel that kind of um, survival primal fear with this whole Corona pandemic. It's just like, Oh my goodness, we don't know when, when it, when it could all go. And so really savoring it and living present and breathing and dancing and playing and feeling the uncomfortable feelings instead of shutting down. Like these are all very, very important things right now in my, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're spot on. And I love that you also said the reprioritization, the getting away from the culture of what we've all really been kind of pushed into of like, go, 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 must make things happen. And I don't think we realize sometimes like I'm totally guilty of how much I didn't realize I was go, go, go and didn't give myself any time. And then of course, motherhood was a crash course for me. It was like, oh my mm, God. You know, they make all, you be present, right? Oh, you have to be, be present. present. <laughs> yeah, immediately. It's like, a, you know, the, the, the universe gives you a medical two by four in the face, you know, you're like, oh my goodness, you know, you know? <laughs> uh, in the best way possible, but true, you know? Um, and for me, I immediately was like, oh my God. And I think I was honestly, Alexandra, part of my postpartum depression was I didn't want to let the old alley die, if you will. I didn't right. have to allow that slowing to happen. I was so okay being on autopilot, not feeling things at their fullest, not mm. experiencing things at their fullest. I was just go, go, go. And that was life. And mm -hmm. I think that, you know, motherhood, like I said, was a crash course, but then it agreed with you with this. For all of us now, this time is showing all of us how to reprioritize, where are our values, you know, what are we going to do to take care of ourselves, you know, giving ourselves that time. And you're right, as scary as these times can be and as uncertain, there is such a gift and such a blessing. And I keep tapping back into that when I get stressed and overwhelmed. I'm like, this is such a beautiful time for me to have given birth and to have my second daughter that I get to be so present. I have my husband with me because he's working from home, like mm. beautiful gifts, you know, around me that I get to create my new family, you know, and expand and adjust as for that I would have never had. And this opportunity mm -hmm. is 
just it, it's amazing in that sense that the you know that the universe has given that to me and so i agree with you i think for all of us if we really look deep we can find those deep blessings and we can find those things that were meant to learn you know about this time and maybe what this time is teaching all of us because i know yeah. you're very spiritual so i feel like i feel like i could share this with you but i feel like you know, as much of a course, this is all real and this is all happening. I really believe the universe and everything really is showing us this for a bigger reason. I think there's mm -hmm. a much bigger purpose to this. There's a much different alignment and everyone is going through their own struggles and changes and evolvements in their own way, because that's mm -hmm. where, that's where our world is going. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You know? And I know I have to let you go soon, speaking of time, but I want to ask you, I know we discussed before we started recording how you also talked about, you know, self-healing during this time. Could you just talk to us a little bit about that? Because I just feel like that's so important with the pandemic and everything everyone is feeling. Mm -hmm. Well, self-healing to me is almost like as if there's two parts of us that need to be integrated back together. So it doesn't really, for me, healing doesn't mean we're broken. It just means that there's something that needs to kind of combine or unite inside of us. So during this time, maybe you felt lonely. Maybe you felt um, like your body is not feeling ideal because you haven't been working out as much. Um, maybe you felt like f fear around money. So th there's got to be something, right? Like one thing that pops up or maybe five, actually. Many things I think have popped up for each of us. So each of those elements, right? Whether it's a belief around money, whether it's um, stickiness or uh, I like to use the word stickiness, <laughs> but whether it's may maybe some like fear or some disgust around the body, whatever it is, that thing becomes um, an opportunity. So you can look at it as a problem and go, God, I gained weight. I gained my friend called it the quarantine 15. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. <laughs> so you can look at it as a problem or an opportunity, right? So you can go, fuck, I get oh pardon my friend. Oh um, you're fine. Like, I mean your book is called Fuck Like a Goddess. I know, so I know, I, mean, I know. You know. I say act like a goddess because I'm you know, I'm trying to be, you know, like I know. Sorry, I, sorry, sorry if we offended anyone. But oh, I yeah. do talk about in my book where that word comes from and the etymology of the word. And I, I actually think it's a really beautiful word. And there's like um an element of coming into union with. So it's like, you know, it's it's like love and life making love to you and um, your life making love to you. So that's what it means. It's not really just about sex. It's about like, you know, making love to your life. So, um, but back to the healing bit. So whatever it is that pops up, right? So say it's, it's something like around your body during this um, pandemic, and then that becomes an opportunity to heal something. That becomes an opportunity if you choose, you can either go, well, I better do everything possible to lose this weight right now. Or you can go, wow, maybe this is an opportunity for me to love myself, even when I'm 10 or 15 pounds larger than I wish I was. That's a really hard thing to do. But imagine if you can get through that opportunity and actually take that opportunity and, and, and love yourself even at that now you've just grown, you've expanded into a woman who your lovability is not contingent upon your weight or your finances or, you know, whatever else that we put these external things. So healing is an opportunity. When we have this, we take this opportunity. Now, how do we do that? So say you've, you know, you've gained that weight and you're feeling super down on yourself and you can either 
just try to fix it really fast or you can see the opportunity as like, wow, maybe I could love myself anyway. So how do we do that? Well, some of the things that you brought up, some of the tools, meditation, journaling, dancing, crying. You might need to have a big cry in the bathtub about how you're frustrated with your body. And if you don't get that cry out and you smush it down, then nothing is going to change inside of you. But maybe after you have that big cry in the bathtub, you're like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to love myself anyway, even with a little bit more, you know, junk in my trunk, if you will. And so those moments, it really, the healing happens in the moment, in the moment that we make a new decision. We make a new choice inside that goes, I am going to love myself anyway, or I'm going to surrender to this instead of fight it. That's when things heal. So it's really, it's like this subtle, gorgeous thing that happens inside. It's not like an ABC linear thing that we can, you know, formulaically put together, but we have to, that's why we have to be in touch with our bodies and listen, because you might, you might in the moment be so frustrated that actually a cry is not what you need. What you need is to punch a pillow or to, you know, sing wildly in your car, headbanging to Nirvana. Like that might be the healing for you in that moment. It might be sitting and having a meditation. It might be asking your partner, hey, will you hold me? I'm feeling really down about myself. And that vulnerability might create a big healing for you. So these things, we have to just learn to listen to ourselves and then to trust ourselves because it's really hard in that moment to like actually listen and go, okay, yeah, I'm going to ask my partner to hold me and like, you know, love me, or I'm actually going to um, have this massive cry and let myself sob like a baby. Like that's where we have to be courageous because the change won't happen unless we're courageous. Right. I love that. And like you said, you have to be courageous. You have to allow yourself to feel all of it and be willing to do that work. Yeah, exactly. That's beautiful. Well, Alexander, thank you so much for sharing so much of you and, you know, being so vulnerable with my audience and just what you're doing with the Radical Awakenings with, you know, your book coming out and all the work that you've just been doing with women. I think it's so powerful and so beautiful and, you know, just really brings women back to being goddesses, you know, like really all women are goddesses. I especially have a a soft spot for moms because I know what Mm. moms go through, you know, but I mean, truly, you know, and I love that you really bring that back to women and you remind them of that. And so I just, Mm. I I thank you, you know, for that and sharing that with us. And so before I let you go, tell us where, of course, we can find you, follow you. Tell us a little bit about your book that's coming out. I believe it's July 21st. Is that right? Yes. July 21st. Fuck like a goddess. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it on Barnes and Noble. It's through the publisher Sounds True. And you can follow me on Instagram at Alexandra R-O-X-O. And I write a lot and share, you know, different tools and ways that you can keep waking up and keep falling in love with yourself and um, finding your own path. So I look forward to connecting with you and yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was really lovely. Oh, thank you. Alexander. You, you were amazing. And until next time guys, cheers. Bye.